why are there no aspirational role models for people our age? Why is that suddenly when you get to a certain age, all of a sudden it's all about accepting this kind of grim reality of decline? Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we're speaking with David Harry Stewart, who's an award-winning photographer and the founder of Aegist, a global media company whose purpose is to reinvent how life is lived, experienced, and understood by those over 50. He's an expert on the new life phase that is emerging among this financially empowered yet underserved demographic. And the ageist has been called the Vogue magazine of the online aging space. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. So great to be here. It's a beautiful, beautiful online magazine. Oh, you're so kind. I appreciate that. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about how it came to be. I know that you've done a lot of ad photography and you had a booming career in, you know, in, in doing the media. How did you come to make the turn the corner and say, I want to do something different? Well, it, it was um, really not, uh, there was no grand plan. Um, what happened was that it was about... Four years ago, I guess, I was, um, um, as you mentioned, I've been a uh, commercial photographer for a long time, um, and I'd worked on, uh, you know, just a little bit about the background here. I've worked for pretty much every Condé Nast magazine, every Hearst magazine. I've done like a dozen covers, the New York Times magazine, and I've done maybe a thousand advertising campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I was, what I was noticing was that in my advertising work, I'm getting older, and the people I'm photographing are sort of staying the same age. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. And then I, I had this moment where I'd been hired by uh, one of the, not to be named, um, most well-known youth marketing companies um, to do a campaign. And it was a really big thing that went on for months and at the end of it I I said by the way like um, all the people that we just photographed uh, for these these big billboards like um, none of them pay for the product it's their parents that are buying it <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I said why did we just do this <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> um, and um, they said to me well um, we sell to younger people because that's what we know what know how to do and so this kind of light bulb went off in my head, and I thought, oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> so um, 
And were they welcome to this analysis or did they just want you to keep taking pictures and and proceeding with the plan? Well, the the interesting thing, you know, this was at the end of this big campaign and I I spoke to the people who led the campaign at the agency about this and uh, I, I also said, did you tell your client this? <laughs> and they, they said, oh no, we don't tell them that. I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> So um, I thought about this for a little bit, and I came back to them, and I said, you know, um, there's a huge uh, opportunity here um, that, you know, we can, we can do something here together if you'd like. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were very thoughtful, and they said, no, we can't do that because you're asking us to time travel into the future. You're asking me, the, the guy who led the effort there. He was a very smart guy. He was about 32, I want to say. Um, and he said, you're asking me to time travel 20, 25 years in the future. I have no idea what that's like. I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that then like the next piece fell into place in my mind. And I thought, well, that just makes a world of sense. Because in, in the same way that if... Um, say you had a product that was aimed at some other specific market segment, say, um, the, we'll just, I'll just pick one, like um, African-American women. Um, would you hire a bunch of white guys to do that? Um, no, you wouldn't do that. Um, because as many focus groups as they went to, as much literature as they read, they, they'd blow it, right? They wouldn't get it right. <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't get the messaging quite right. And I, I thought, um, you know, you're, you're correct about that. And it explains so much of what goes on in the marketing world where there's something, I, the stats that I read are that 6% of the people who work in advertising and marketing are over 50. And 40% of the American population is over 50. And those 6% are probably not doing creative. They probably, they're senior management. Um, right. And the people so not representative. Exactly right. So the the people that are doing the creative are the people who are you know in their twenties and early thirties. So as they're doing creative that's aimed at people like us, they do their best, <laughs> but it, they they kind of miss. Um, so I thought, well, let's let's investigate this a little more, and we did a lot of research. Um, with uh, my founding partner, Matt Hurst. Um, we did thousands of hours of interviews trying to understand what was different about people like myself uh, and all the people I knew versus how we were being portrayed in the media. And, and really, what that meant is how are we living differently now than how our parents lived? Mm-hmm. Because what's being portrayed in so much of uh, media, and by media I mean television, film, even like the New York Times, um, not to mention pharma and, you know, AARP and a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not how we're living now, at least the people I know. So we uh, talked to a lot of people um, and we, we kind of found out this whole new way that people were living, which was really how myself and all my friends were living, but we hadn't really taken the time to analyze what that was. So there was um, a huge gap in understanding about 
how, how we are now. Mm -hmm. I see. So it needed to be, people needed to learn about it and understand this, this enormous, uh, change in the way people over 45 are living now they were they were thinking about this demographic in terms that no longer exist is that is that what you're saying well I think it's I think it's twofold um, I think partially it's educating people that things are different now but the people that are living this way like I don't need to be educated about this and and you don't um, or any of our friends it's um, for for people like us, um, Aegis provides a vehicle of affirmation. So people look at it and they say, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm there. There are more people like me. So it's, um, you know, if we think about this in terms of, say, other um, population demarkers, so um, gender or race are the most obvious ones, and I, I don't mean to offend anyone, uh, but if you... If you, if you look at the way, say, um, women were portrayed a hundred years ago, um, maybe not, not so well. <laughs> or um, if you look at the way um, really uh, other ethnic groups um, were portrayed even 40 or 50 years ago, not so affirmative. Um, and not so ask, like there was nothing to aspire to. And what we say is, why is this? Like, why can't we, why are there no aspirational role models for people our age? Why is that suddenly when you get to a certain age, all of a sudden it's all about accepting this kind of grim reality of decline? Mm -hmm. uh, why can't we have people that are really kind of great and, and say like, oh, I want to be like that? So, it, you know, is one of the goals for for Aegis to um, promote social change? Is that kind of on uh, on one of the things that you think about that this is offering people a new way to view themselves and uh, that benefit benefits them and also the culture? Is that part of what you're up to? Well, that's what our readers tell us. Um, mm. They, you know, they express a lot of gratitude for us showing a way of uh, like a different way of living and a more what we say is we just we just kind of move the frame from something that's you know medicalized and ultimately infantilized um, to something that's more um, powerful and aspirational um, mm -hmm. but but also inspirational and attainable so you know, if you look through our things, we'll do a famous person maybe once a year or twice a year. And I, I could do one every week. Um, the PR people really want their, like I live in Los Angeles, there's a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. but, but we stay away from that because we, we feel that celebrity culture is just kind of a different world. That's not attainable. Mm -hmm. um, so why not look for the, these amazing people that are just hidden in plain sight around us? And illuminate them. So if we use our skill set, um, you know, my skill set as a photographer, um, we have very good writers um, who write for a lot of the more the bigger magazines, and we use that skill set to illuminate people who have amazing stories. Um, 
and we show them in a way as if it is Vanity Fair. Like that's, that's, those are the standards we hold ourselves to. How um, interesting. Yeah, how interesting that, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very curious about this idea. Well, I could get all the celebrities because I interact with them. I, I can live in that world, but that's not really what I'm looking for. I mean, that, you know, you must be one of the few people who, who hold that view. Well, you know, isn't there enough of that out there already? <laughs> I mean, right? Like, do I, I mean, do we really need to know more about, you know, what kind of toilet paper Kylie Jenner uses? Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah, care. yeah. You're, yeah, you have a very <laughs> different name. You must be familiar with the work of Ari Shapiro. He was one of the first photographers who said, I want to do yeah. older women's fashion. And, it, you know. I, Iris Apple and all that. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And I can't, I just butchered her name. It's F Apple, I think. Yes. Um, but yes, Ari. Um, yes. I have met Ari. I know some of the people in Ari's books. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're, I think they're fascinating. I, I think we um, tend to go more towards the narrative. Okay. Um, and um, telling people's stories um what's what's their arc um what is it and and you know to be in ageist um we we insist on people who are doing something now and and looking towards the future to do something so if you've done some kind of amazing thing 20 years ago that's that's really wonderful and we're yes. happy for you but what are you doing now it's, and and it sounds like it's about looking forward and yes, being optimistic. Absolutely. I see. Yes, optimistic. Exactly. That's us. Whole yeah. different frame. Whole different frame. Right. So interesting. But, you know, I have to say, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a certain subtlety about your profiles. And I'll, you know, I'm going to be in the uh, senior games, the national senior games. And some of the profiles are, it's it's sort of simplistic. It's like this gentleman had prostate cancer and now he's doing the discus, you know. It, 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 it mm -hmm. seems maybe a bit more obvious. I find yours to be just a bit more subtle and and the arc oh, is a little you. bit yeah i mean is that something that you're aiming for uh our readers are really tough ah. they our readers are highly informed okay they are highly educated <laughs> they don't want they, to pre-digest it they hate that ah. um and uh and they let us know um uh -huh. so it's uh a weekly challenge here to keep the bar high enough yes. um, for our readers. And, you know, if I wanted to start a media company and just go for numbers, you know, it would be, I don't know, you know, something like Cat Video Monthly or something. <laughs> um, you know, you can do that. You know where to get the, the clicks. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do that. But yeah. um, if you want to... Yeah. We we do a very different thing. So you're looking for quality. Well, it's really high quality. I I think one of the things here is that you you got to pick your lane, um, and the the mistake that so many people make is that they take the same sort of approach that they would to youth marketing. Um, 
or general consumer marketing, and then they what they they say is, oh, we'll just do that and we'll make it, we'll just move it a little older. And mm -hmm. so if you're a younger population is a much more cohesive demographic. The culture is much more cohesive. So you can talk to a 20-year-old anywhere, probably anywhere in the world at this point, and they're going to understand what you're talking about. They're going to understand your references. They're going to they're, they're going to they're going to get it in a kind of a mass way. You don't really need to splinter it that much. Mm -hmm. But as people get older, I had this conversation with Paul Irving a couple weeks ago, who's the, the director of the Milken Institute, and uh, we were talking about how as people, I mean, we we found this in our interviews, and he finds it from his quant data that what what happens is there are all these um, demarcations that happen. So, you know, there's education and geography and health and income. There's what's very important to us is how do people see themselves in the future? Mm -hmm. So are they looking forward or are they they've just had enough and they're going to just want to look back, which is which is fine. We don't have a problem with that. Um, and but as people get older, it becomes really quite tribal um, how they how they see things. And so if you try to approach a large group, your your messaging by nature has to be mm -hmm. kind of watered down, and so you're not really saying anything. You can't really say anything too specific. You, know, you need to be very generic, mm -hmm. and and therefore it doesn't really resonate with anyone. Yeah, it's the Seth Godin talks a lot about this. Ah. You know, finding the smallest viable audience. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. You're not watering down. You're not going to the masses. You're picking your people and, and, and going for the smallest viable, which I thought was, it was very, you're, I think you're right. It's very different from how we're usually taught to share our, our content. Well, and I, I, and I think that one of the things that, that we've learned is that, and I sound like I'm like some old wise person about this, but I've only, we've only been doing it for four years. But um, what, you know, one of the things that we've learned here is that by illuminating a certain very focused way of life, it it brings up possibilities of what can be, mm -hmm. and so the readership is actually much wider and 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 much more diverse. Than the sort of people that we would that we profile or the people we think are our targets. So, you know, people say that we're, you know, that we're very kind of, I don't know, a certain kind of like creative urban kind of person, and 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 there's some truth to that. Um, but our audience is really, you know, as we were talking earlier, it's global. They and I. I know that they live in all kinds of places that I've, I've never heard of because they, we, we do a small amount of merchandise that we sell. And I, and I send these things to people like all over the world, to places I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're not big cities. They're smaller places. And the, mm -hmm. what people are doing is they're, they, 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 they write to me and they say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for showing me this alternative. Like this is how, this is how I feel in my head. This is these are my this is my tribe. There just isn't anybody I see around me that's like this. So thank you that for validating so, me. It must be so gratifying. 
oh my gosh, it's like, <laughs> if I've been having a bad day, I go to like one of her comment sections and I read it. <laughs> I think, okay, we're doing the right thing. This is good. <laughs> it's very, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing that's a different experience than when you were doing uh, a lot of big ad photography. I mean, I don't know that you were getting a lot of zero from the <laughs> zero. Uh, I mean, even I, you know, I functioned at a a pretty high level, uh, and I worked for a lot of big publications. And you know, maybe once a year, I mean, literally once a year, I would get a piece of fan mail saying like, "Nice picture of whoever." And um, and I would feel great. I think, oh, that's wonderful. Somebody yeah. noticed. But this is, um, you know, we didn't necessarily set out to move the culture or to have this kind of impact. Uh. Um, but we do. Um, and the reason we, there are a lot of people who function in this space who deal with numbers and policy um, and advocacy. And that's not really our thing. Um, what we, we communicate in a different way. And we say, this is what this looks like. Mm -hmm. This is how this can be. And Here's there's an, beauty here. Exactly. Exactly. Why can't things be pretty? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. such a revolutionary concept. Uh, only revolutionary when you put it into people this age. Uh, and so we actually do have a lot of impact um, in a way that other people don't. Like we don't, yeah, our name is ageist. So you would think we are, you know, big fighters against ageism. And mm -hmm. um, we're not. Um, you know, we feel Well, you actually, you... It, it, it sounds like it's a uh, secondary, well, yeah, I, I was going to, you know, it, it, it you is. didn't set out that way, but it's happening and it's gratifying. And you know, as well as I do, that one of the best ways to age well is to be doing gratifying work. Um, absolutely. And I, it's, we're able to move the needle um, mm. because um, we, we're not, particularly shrill and we don't demonstrate in the street and we don't lobby politicians or any of that. Right. We just we just do something much simpler. Um, we just say, this is what this looks like. And you, you can have this if you want or or not. Um, whatever you're comfortable with. And it you know it shows that it's the power of attraction. Mm -hmm. um, and you know as I mentioned earlier, like half of our audience is under 45 and that's a, right, and a quarter of them are under thirty. Yeah, and they, you know, they look at us because they want to be like us, and it's huh. it's making things like um, making things like health and vitality and having ambition and wanting to have a sense of agency in the world, uh -huh. making like just showing like, yeah, why not? 
Like, what, what, and, why should this yeah. stop? <laughs> and the right? wonderful, when the wonderful part as, as we get older, and I don't know so much for men, but for women, they're really coming at it like, I don't care what people think anymore. And it gives a whole new freedom to yeah. say, oh, by the way, what do I like to wear? Where do I want to travel? Um, you know, what do I want my house to look like? So there's this whole piece. And as a psychotherapist, I see this all the time with people in their, you know, in their third chapter saying, I used to care and I don't care anymore. And then you offer them this, this sort of buffet and say, what, what looks good to you? Well, and it's, I, I mean, you bring up an interesting point about, um, People don't age the same. Um, people age differently. And it's, the gender split um, is really uh, rather dramatic and, and not what we would have thought. So like what we see with this endless struggle of finding guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I've got 10 awesome women for every guy. Uh, and... You, you know, it's this funny, I don't really know exactly why. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this who are smarter than I am. Um, but I can tell you without a doubt that um, what happens is that in our, the people that we speak to, the women become much more vivid and much more like, mm. game on, this is my time. Let's oh, do I this love thing. I that word. Yeah, the vivid, yeah. And, and the men, it's the opposite. They kind of recede. And uh, not all. I, I don't mean to make a, a an overall judgment like that, but but that's sort of what we find. And you know, I think there's probably a lot of reasons for this that um, people have told me. But if I, I once I had a conversation with a gentleman who he was the director of the it was the I believe it's called the Copenhagen Institute for Future Studies. And we were on a panel together, and I mentioned this to him. And I, I said, could you have any thoughts about this? It's really <laughs> puzzling to me. And he said, well, yeah. He says, you know, what's going to happen in the near future is you're going to be at a board meeting, and the board members are going to say, we need some more diversity around here. We need to get some men in the room. And oh, my goodness. Right? And, and he says, that's what's happening. Um, so... It's, uh, it's a really interesting, I mean, it's a whole other topic, but it's an, it's an interesting intersection of people living longer, people wanting to live longer functional lives, and then this kind of gender um, change that seems to you know, happen in like the 50s or early 60s about how like the women really take the lead. And it's, you know, I interviewed Gloria Feldman, um, who is the former director of Planned Parenthood. Um, and she took over that organization at 55, having never done anything like that. And she's, mm. she did, which is, you know, a, a controversial, but um, uh, an intense job, no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. That's right. uh, and she, she did it for 10 years, and now she runs an initiative um, for women called Take the Lead. And I, and I asked her about this, and she said, yes, absolutely. This is exactly what is happening. Um, so that, that'll be something, something to see in the next few years, I think. 
I have a theory. Let me let me float it and see if it makes sense. I think if men in general um, are really valued for their ability to make income, produce income, perhaps, and I don't I don't know what the the age or the numbers are, but perhaps if that income is starting to change, mm. if they are stopping to work and right. maybe they're living off retirement or a side gig, it might be you know they may feel less important and less uh, worthwhile or vital, you know, my usefulness mm. is is, is right. perhaps in question where I think women less define themselves by their income. And so they can really, yeah. um, you know, bloom in different ways as they get older. It's... Um I think it's definitely a factor. I, I, I think that men are programmed to achieve at higher and higher levels constantly. And at some point, that is unsustainable. Uh-huh. Um, you know, maybe they just get tired. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. Um, we see, you know, probably more women starting their own businesses. Um, more women taking the lead in uh, community things. And I mean, you see what's happening in American politics with like Mm. suddenly, my gosh, there's all these women. It's amazing. Yes, Um, it is. It is really amazing. We've lived to see some huge changes in the culture. Yeah. In our lifetimes. Yeah. And look at, look at who, you know, not, I don't, we don't deal in politics, but just to say like, um, Nancy Pelosi is, what's she, 78? And um, doesn't really seem to be pulling back too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we think of her. Right. She's, she's a force to be reckoned with. She certainly is, and she's a grandmother. And, yeah, you know, right? Yep. That's that's wonderful. So I'm curious because you have a, a you know, you want people who are like sort of, average in some ways like the regular mm-hmm. person who's doing yeah. really fascinating things so how do you find these people well um initially it was quite difficult um because nobody wanted this was the, so i can tell you how the culture has moved when we first started this we would approach people and we'd say hey we we think you're doing really interesting things here um i think that you know we'd like your profile of you and they would say, okay. And I would say, how old are you? I'm like, well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really hard in the beginning uh, to get people to, you know, say like, oh, I'm whatever age I am. And now it's a very different thing. That's uh, four years down the road. Four yes, year in, difference. In four years, that has changed. So Fascinating. Now the age becomes a point of pride. Um, mm-hmm. It's no longer something to be ashamed of or to be mm-hmm. hidden. It's, you know, I'm 54. I'm doing this. I'm and look at me go. 68. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry if you have a problem with that, but <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has it really reinforced your own optimism about your own life, David, and where where it's going? Gosh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think that people... You know, one of my favorite books is Man's Search for Meaning, the mm-hmm. Frankel book. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, this is now 
my purpose is um, is ageist, uh, and I, you know, I think for me personally, it it's it's this central organizing mission in my life now, um, mm. and I think that that's really important. Um, there's something that um, I think it was Sebastian Younger wrote a book about tribes, and he he said something about. Um, the phrase is like humans don't mind hardship. In fact, they they like it or they thrive on it. He says what they what they really can't handle is not feeling necessary or important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this. I mean, for me personally, like this is this is my world. This is this is what mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've you know I found this this thing that really only I can do. <laughs> And I'm just mm. kind of, uh, you know, the skill set that I bring to it, oh, yeah. um, other people don't have. That's beautiful. I mean, it's almost as if even with your huge career and your successes, there's a way in in which that was like the the grooming for what yeah. you're doing now, which is I a know. funny way to think about <laughs> it because most people would say you've made it, you know, you've really made it and 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 but if you put it in a wider frame, that was just your warm up. Yeah. I um I have thought of it that way, but um yeah, uh, it's, and it, you know, what, what's interesting is there's all these things that I found I have capacity for that I had no idea about. Like, I just thought, oh, I, I'm a pretty good photographer, okay, but uh, I, I'm like an awesome speaker. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really good at it. I'm really fun. I saw your, I saw your TED. Yeah. Right? It's really fun. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I did like six big international conferences last year. Like, who in their wildest imagination would have thought oh. that, you know? Or I have to, I didn't think I could write. And I have to, I can't tell you how much I have to write every week. And people seem to think I'm kind of good at it. I had no idea. Like, it's oh because we have this, you know, I think all of us, we're just, conf- we have this poverty of imagination of what is possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, one of the things that we present at Aegis is we say there's more possibility, right? It's more than what you've been told. And you don't have to pick from the buffet if you don't want to. That's fine. But if you want to, there's a lot more out there. Like we have so much more capacity. There's so much oh, more we can gosh. do. The world is opening, not closing. Right, right, exactly. And that's our... You know, I know there's a lot of people who have a great, you know, there's a lot of challenges. You know, there's health challenges and financial challenges and this stuff is very real and it's, mm-hmm. and it's hard and I do not in any way mean to minimize that. Um, but on top of that, whatever, wherever you're at, there's probably something else that we're not thinking about. You know, we all suffer from this delusion of what our capacity is. And we say, oh, I could never learn that. Or I could never do that. Or I can't go there. Well, who, why do you think that? <laughs> you know, let's, that, that may not actually be true. And 
my, my wife told me for 10 years, she said, you're an amazing speaker. You should do this. And I just laughed. And I said, no, nah, I'm a photographer. You know, I'm the quiet guy behind the camera. And it, you know, we need these people on the outside telling us this. And we need this, you know, like what we provide. Just examples and saying like, oh, they did this. Oh, there was a, the woman we did this week, she, um, she had no artistic background at all. Zero. And at 60, she was, uh, she's a Brazilian woman. Um, I think her granddaughter, somebody in her family gave her a camera. Well, at 64, she's won all these international competitions. She's in museum shows. She's an incredible photographer. Uh, you know, and it's like, how did that happen? Like, wow. and she, and she says, like, I never had any idea that I would, had capacity for this or that I would enjoy it. It just what never, a gift. it never crossed my mind, right? What a gift, yeah. Um, and I think we all have this. And it, it's, you know, just keeping that optimism and, and keeping that positivity and saying, like, hey, you know, there's, you, you can do this if you want. And it, and it's okay. It, you know, we, younger people have a lot of optimism. I mean, they, they feel that there's a lot of possibility. And for some reason, as we get, as we get older, we think like, oh, I can't learn another language. That would be impossible. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this whole like, I can't learn to code. How, how could I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely you can. <laughs> You know, there's no, there's no question about that. Yes. It's, yeah. it, it's going to be a little harder, but I didn't say it was going to be easy. I just said you can do this if you want to do this. Yes. I really found that to be true in, in, um, you know, qualifying for the national senior games is my tennis friends were saying, this is so awesome. You're going to Albuquerque. And I thought to myself, I'm not Serena Williams. You could be going too. I just showed up, right. you know, and, and it's right. like this great, oh, it's so exciting. And you're going to be with all these senior athletes. And I thought, yeah, you know how to buy a plane ticket. And, you know, I mean, you have to qualify, but let me say, you know, it wasn't really that hard. Um, and I'm just doing it because it seems like an incredible adventure and why wouldn't you well, the, the language you used is i just showed up yeah right it's really that it's yes. you got to yeah. show up and you gotta you know you had to practice you had to you had to yeah. put in the work yeah but but that you're not serena williams i mean That's maybe right. i don't know but um no, <laughs> but these things are I mean, that's what we try and tell people. It's this is attainable. This isn't yes. this isn't superhero stuff. You yes. you can do this. Absolutely, um, but it feels. I mean, there's such a there's it, it's such a enrich. I don't know if I'm using this this word right, but it, it's so enriching to be able to have an experience like this, even though it wasn't that hard, but just continuing on, maybe for the example of the woman you profile, just keep going out and taking pictures, even though sometimes they don't look that great. You just keep persevering. Right. And right. that's that's the part that I've really learned is just this idea of grit is it may not look great, but you just keep doing it. And eventually it starts looking pretty good. That's that's right. 
and it's, you know, at being a little older, we have a little more of that. And it's, it's really, the, the, the limits are all internal. So mm -hmm. it's, it's those yeah. messages that say like, you know, I, I can't study this book. I'm going to watch television. You know, yes. I can't train tonight. I'm going to eat donuts or some silliness. Exactly. It's those little choices. Yes. It's a, exactly. It's a choice. And we don't disparage anyone who, um, you know, if you don't want to do this, that's like fine. You know, you should live your life the way you want to. I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their lives. Right. Um, but I will say there are, there are other possibilities and I will present those. And, and you can pick as, as you like. Do you have any uh, sort of words of wisdom for our listening audience, <laughs> David? Uh, uh, people who are just starting to recognize that maybe there are more possibilities, but they don't even know where to start. And I get this a ah. lot in my therapy practice, right. right? People who come in smart, great at their careers, worked mm. hard, raised their family, all that. And now all of a sudden they're sort of got their mouth dropped open a little and say, I don't know what, I don't know what to yes. do next. I have never had the luxury of asking myself, what do I like to do? I'm a big believer in action. Okay. Um, I think right action leads to right thinking. Right. Okay. I, I, I'm an action person, so I need to move. I need to do something. And by me taking my taking actions changes my thinking and I encourage people to um, to start acting and eventually to act as if and then you will act with confidence and this will change your thinking and it's I, I tell people it's you can start like really small you know it's the if, say, you're really concerned about your health and your body and you feel like you're out of shape and you can't do anything, you can probably walk. So why don't you go walk 3,000 steps today? You can do that. Just do that. You know, do that for a week. And maybe next week do 4,000. And then, you know, in a month you do 10,000. No big deal. And then you can go and you can start lifting weights. You know, you can do other things. But it's, it's the, it's the, once the, th to me, <laughs> just my personal experience, when the thinking starts, that's the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that's, that's not, yep. right? Because it's not, not you're your not, friend. It's, a dark, it's not your Anne, friend. No. What does Anne Lamont say? It's a dark alley that I don't want to go in alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, the, the solution to that is just do stuff. And um, stop thinking about what the right thing to do is. Just do anything. So, you know, if you, if you have trouble making friends, like loneliness is a huge issue. Oh, sure. Um, make it your job to every day when you get in an elevator, you say something to someone in the elevator. And you just say, you just make it up. And you just say, wow, I really like your shoes. Wow. Hey, it's not raining today. Isn't that awesome? And... It's, you just, you just took an action that just yeah. smashed your internal belief that says you can't make friends and you're lonely. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you, you feel useless, 
go open a car door for somebody. Open the, you know, just hold the door open for somebody. Like, change that tape. And I, I mean, this is just my personal experience. Like, if, if you would have told me four years ago, think through a grand plan for how you're going to change the world, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have gotten yeah. out of bed. <laughs> right, right. No, and what you're using these very, you know, tried and true cognitive behavioral therapy methods with a touch <laughs> of self-compassion. Um, I don't know. That's just what works for me. Um, and it, other people may be different, but I, I, I see a lot of the, you know, I've been thinking, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Mm. Well, that's a really big problem, right? <laughs> good <laughs> luck with that. Good luck with that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it things evolve, you know. It's not. Um, yeah. I I mean, maybe there are people out there that have these kind of moments of just lucidity, and they just it's like, okay, I I've seen the light. I'm gonna go do whatever. This and big thing, yeah. Amazing. Um, I don't know anybody like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's generally, we, we educate ourselves little bits at a time of what we're capable of and what we're good at. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the enemy is this sort of like, um, looking for the, looking for the perfect sort of leads to a sort of procrastination. And which will ultimately lead to like a paralysis of like, oh my God, I can't get out of bed because I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Well, let's make the question a little smaller. That's great advice. I think that's really helpful. Um, where can people reach you and um, oh, learn yeah, sure. more about? Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we publish uh, a digital magazine called Aegist. Um, and the URL is weareagist.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel the desire to contact me directly, um, you can, you can reach me through there. Um, mm-hmm. we're on a lot of the social channels. We have a very active, um, Facebook group, uh, okay. which is, which is called We Are Age Less. Um, ah. and, which is kind of how I feel about myself. And mm-hmm. Most people in the group feel that way. Um, and I, um, I speak a lot. Um, and I, to the best of my ability, I uh, return people's emails. Um, uh-huh. But I um, sometimes, I'm sorry if I miss yours. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I get a lot of them, and I and I'm. Get, it's it's an oversight. Look yes. down on the list and you lose them. It, I, oh, yeah. gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it's so embarrassing. It's like, oh, gosh. It's been such a pleasure, David, talking to you about your project, but also just your general outlook. I think it's going to be really helpful for our audience. Gosh, I, um, I, I hope so. It's Thanks been really... I mean, you, you provide me a great service by, by just being able to, to speak with you. It's, it's really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'll uh, direct people to uh, We Are Ageist, and, and I think you're going to be getting some new fans. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Look forward to it. Thanks, David. My pleasure. 
Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.